another episode of the Granite List Live. Navigating a sea of benefit solution is daunting at best, and new vendors emerge every week. Host Lee Dill and Sally Pace bring brokers and employers a solid resource when it comes to uncovering what's new, what's needed, and what is happening now to allow for the best plan design possible. By staying on top of trends, brokers and employers can in turn stay on top of spending while improving employee engagement and outcomes. The computers of Benefits Claims Intelligence, BCI, never get tired. Their goal is to discover ongoing waste, fraud, and abuse not detected after the TPAs, third-party administrators, have reviewed the data. They work with the brokers and count on them to help their clients discover double and triple bills, upcoding, and other errors in insurance claims, then take steps to recover those costs. Sally and Lee's guests are from BCI, Edward Kotler and Donald Hudson. Join them for this episode, Waste, Fraud, Abuse, and Level 5 Paper Cuts. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for another episode of the Granite List Live. We are really thrilled to have the guests that we have on today from Benefits Claims Intelligence, BCI, as it's commonly known, because you guys are addressing such important topics in the industry as it relates to benefits plans. I won't go into all of that right now because we're going to ask you a couple of questions about it. Um, Why don't I first start with you, Ed? Yeah, my name is Edward Kotler, and I am the Chief Operating Officer of uh, Benefits Claims Intelligence. My name is Donald L. Hudson, and I'm Executive Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer of Benefits Claims Intelligence. Let's help the audience understand, big picture, what is BCI addressing? Yeah, thank you, Sally, and it's a pleasure to be with you here on the Granite List. BCI fundamentally seeks to address the huge problem of waste, fraud, and abuse in healthcare spending, and specifically our goal is to help employers identify spending that their TPA or, or their other internal groups or, or administrators have not caught by using machine learning and artificial intelligence technology. We look for the needle in the haystack, but in the billions of dollars that are spent on healthcare every year, there are a lot of those needles to find. What would you say as you think about what you're focusing on, is it kind of a trifecta of waste, fraud, and abuse? Is there one area that comes to light more often than not? Yeah, uh, no, thank you for that uh, question, Sally. I think there are several broad types of waste, fraud, and abuse. Frankly, what we found is less fraud from the traditional, you know, uh, Joe and Jane Smith never had that procedure, but we're going to build them for that anyway. We, you know, that, that does occur, and it certainly occurs all the time, and there's lots of sensational headlines about that. But what we really find are two major types. One is administrative errors, things like double billing, right? So somebody's admin doesn't realize that he or she already entered a procedure into the billing system, so that gets entered in two or three times, right? Things, like, things of that nature, and it appears as if the patient had two or three procedures. Another major type is upcoding, and this is something that's pervasive throughout the industry. In fact, uh, we believe that without upcoding, if we were to wave a magic wand and get rid of upcoding tomorrow, a lot of the healthcare industry right now probably wouldn't be able to financially survive. They'd have to raise prices. What is upcoding? I'm sure you know, everyone in the industry is aware. It's the practice of 
billing for a higher level service or procedure than what the patient received. So this is a case where a patient does go see a practitioner but uh, or does go into the emergency room, but the bill that comes through is for higher and obviously more expensive level of service than that that was rendered. And we try to find that. And once you find that, what happens? Yes, we are a service provider. So here at BCI, we think that information is power. Information is leverage. So once we find specific examples, you know, we like to say waste, fraud, and abuse is hard to find, but it's easy to prove. Right? So what we aim to do is to go to our clients with specific examples of, well, hey, uh, your employee was in the emergency room last month. They spent 20 minutes in the emergency room. They walked out with a Band-Aid, but it was billed as a level five, which is the highest severity emergency room visit. And of course, you got billed for a level five for a paper cut, right? I'm obviously being facetious, but these are the types of examples that we think our technology can find. And once we do find those examples, we go to the employer and we say, hey, well, here, here's specific date, time, name, address, provider, examples of when this waste, fraud, and abuse occurred. And of course, everyone looks not just at the details, but at the summary numbers, which are staggering. And then we assist our clients, employers, in recouping some or all of those funds. That's the goal, is to stop that waste. The only way you can stop waste is by reversing it and pointing out these mistakes and trying to get that money back for the plant. Speaking directly to employers, and, and Don will go to brokers in a little bit, but Ed, you know, in thinking about the, the work you do one-on-one with employers, if I'm an employer and let's say I've got a, you know, a, a 5,000 life group, what would it look like to work with you all? Are you independent of different groups? Do you work with my broker or, or is this something that's working against my broker and TPA? How does it all, how does it all tie together? Yeah, I think that's a very important question, Sally. And, and the short answer is the broker is key and indispensable part of this relationship. Uh, we at BCI are service providers, we're technology providers. We do not aim to be the relationship managers or the salespeople, if you will, uh, for every employer, right? We wouldn't be able to do that. Right? And, and what we aim to do is rely upon the existing relationships that have been built up over decades in some cases, generations in other cases, or, or maybe more recent ones and get the brokers involved and obviously get the brokers compensated for bringing to us the needs of their specific clients, introducing us to clients, and helping us problem solve the unique cases for each one of the many types of clients, whether it's a 5,000 life group or a 50,000 life group or a 500,000 life group. We aim to serve both of them because our computers never get tired. They can search for waste, fraud, and abuse as easily in a big data set as in a small data set. We're just trying to bring that to companies who would benefit from that, and we can only do so with the active cooperation of the broker community. Waste, fraud, and abuse is such a big topic right now. You know, there's so many dollars to be found and so many dollars misused. What is your value prop for BCI versus some of the other players in the marketplace? Sure. I mean, we we certainly respect our competition, but I think our value proposition is we work in an automated fashion, so we can do more with less. We work very closely with brokers. We do not try to, uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, replace the broker relationships or substitute the broker relationships at any point during the relationship cycle. 
and we're scalable. So we can really be as efficient with big and small data sets as, you know, as, as we need to be. So we're, we're really not trying to find every single case of waste, fraud, and abuse, right? We've heard that feedback a lot of, well, you know, you guys missed the spot. Well, we go over data sets after they've already been checked by the TPA. So what we like to tell our clients, our prospective clients, is that if the TPA does a perfect job, then you'd have nothing to worry about with BCI, right? Our report will come back and say you have zero waste, fraud, and abuse that hasn't already been addressed. And yet we still find uh, examples in data sets even after they've been processed and, and reviewed and adjudicated by the TPA, right? So we ask our clients who's checking after the TPA is done, right? Who's checking if there have been any inadvertent mistakes or oversights made? We do that, and then we work with the employer. We'll work with the TPA to get that money back in the plan, right? And our cost is very inexpensive compared to the competition because, again, our footprint is very light, and the computers do a lot of the work. I thought Ed's answers were very good on telling the BCI story, but one thing I always like to add is that we also have a specific focus on the concept of ERISA regulations and compliance. It's one of our differentiators as a company that we have this focus area. We've got a wonderful ERISA attorney that's an enormously valuable resource to us and to our clients because our goal is we want to maximize our value to the clients. Now, the fact is, just like fraud, waste, and abuse is running rampant, there's another major issue in the healthcare marketplace right now, and that is that, frankly, not enough clients are paying enough attention to ERISA requirements, regulations, and making sure that they are going to be compliant with all those directives that have been put out by the federal government and monitored by the Department of Labor. So uh, we help clients, number one, with awareness of the ERISA regulations and so forth, and number two, with uh, certain actionable ideas that they can be involved in that will decrease their risk going forward on maybe a DOL audit or things that represent problematical areas of noncompliance. And again, I don't think people are doing it on purpose as much as there's just this gross lack of awareness of some of the intricate details of ERISA requirements. So we're shining a spotlight on some of those for clients who uh, might have been uh, maybe less focused on that in the past. So that's one of the issues that we provide at BCI in the way of client benefits, in addition to the identification of fraud, waste, and abuse in self-insured health plans. As Ed alluded to earlier, we work very closely with brokers. We also have a uh, what we call our professional associates network, which is a, uh, a growing number of people who are providing us leads in the way of self-insured corporations, unions, and trade associations who can take advantage of the value that we bring to the table. Let's talk about value, and you know, you're you're using some words that to some may be. A little frightening. ERISA is a, like you said, it's a topic that is gaining a lot of attention. The idea that there is waste, fraud, and abuse in the health plan, also a frightening topic, especially if you're you're listening to this show and this is your first time to think, okay, I'm going to take a, I'm going to dip my toe into this water and see what happens. So Don, if somebody were interested in working with BCI, but they weren't quite sure yet what you would be looking for, what they might expect? Is there sort of a first step that can be taken? Well, that's a wonderful question, Sally, and the answer is yes. We want to make this as easy and painless for clients as possible. So our tier one offering is actually something that is no charge to the client. 
and it's called our summary statement. And that's about a three-page document that gives them an overview as we evaluate their healthcare data from our sources of the data bank that we possess, and we give them a three-page summary of what their fraud, waste, and abuse situation looks like based on the last couple of years, for example, of data. Now, that's what we call a shallow dive, but it's also remarkably on target as to giving people accurate representations of what their situation is. Now, that's of no risk to the client, so we think that's going to encourage them to say, well, okay, if all i got to do is sign an NDA and say, uh, yes, we want it, that's pretty painless for us, so that's what we do. Clients are appreciative of that. It's very valuable to them. And after they get that information, then they're in a position, Sally, to make the higher level decision of do I want to really engage with BCI to go to the next level to make an attempt to recover these funds that have been misrepresented in this plan somewhere along the way. So that would then necessitate what we call Tier 2. Tier 2 is the opportunity for us to do what we call a deep dive into two full years of healthcare claims data, client-specific, where we really do apply our software at that particular point to all of the data, and we identify with specificity the fraud, waste, and abuse that's in their plan. We then work with their legal department or legal representation to work on the recovery process from the TPA. And the TPA ultimately is the one responsible for the adjudication of and the monitoring of the health care plan. Uh, now, they might want to go back on some of their providers, and I wouldn't blame them if that's the source of where uh, fraud might have taken place. But uh, that's our process, and we have uh, lawyers on staff and on retainer who help us with this process. We work with their legal team, and our goal is, number one, let's make what's wrong right. Let's recover, recoup the funds that uh, have been misappropriated. And then we have a Tier 3 offering where we uh, have the ability in real time to monitor current expenditures and be able to identify fraud, waste, and abuse in the present situation where on a monthly or quarterly basis we can give them additional reports that protect them along the way. Keep in mind, we have a summary statement, which is the freebie that's up front. Then we also have a sample report we can give somebody to show them what the 26-pager looks like if they want to see that in advance of engaging with us. Okay, that's fantastic. And would they need to go through their broker if it's an employer that's interested to get that or can? They can contact us direct, and uh, we give the client the option to engage their broker or not, but frankly... We recommend it. That broker is providing extremely valuable service for that client, so they're a resource to everybody. We don't want to cut them out of, out of the mix here uh, unless they just prefer not to be included in this. Absolutely. So I want to go back and ask about a question about ERISA, because you hear of ERISA a lot in the 401k plans, but it's becoming a hot topic in the health plans. Can you give some examples of what we should look for that is wrong in the health plans regarding that? Well, you know, there are many, many different categories of uh, where the fraud, waste, and abuse can come from, Lee. On the ERISA side, most people do think, when they think of ERISA, they think about the regulations that are tied in with pension and, and all kinds of things related to the benefits that their employees have. But 
they don't really carry that over into healthcare to the degree that we feel they should. In fact, an interesting survey showed uh, not long ago that 78% of the board of directors members of the Fortune 1000 companies were unaware that healthcare, the health plan, was under the regulation of ERISA. They thought ERISA was all about the other benefits. Not the case at all. So, again, we want to heighten the client's awareness. We want to make sure they have a good understanding of what's required of them. And that's something that's critically important because the DOL and administrators of ERISA in Washington, these people, they're casting a broader net. I'll use that term. Uh, in the marketplace right now because if there's wrongdoing taking place, they won't know about it because people are being taken advantage of. So uh, as to the specifics within the health plan, when people see our sample report, it goes into a tremendous amount of detail, which reveals the all the different categories. There, there are billing errors. There are uh, uh, so many different areas of coding. There are areas of, uh, for example, uh, handling ER claims is a really big deal, and there are many inaccuracies there, as Ed alluded to earlier. And there's so many other things that appear to be routine, but when examined under uh, the microscope of our proprietary software, we find a great deal of wrongdoing that people otherwise wouldn't even know about. And I'm assuming this product is designed specifically for self-funded groups because they'll be able to get access. Can you tell us what group sizes fit best? Okay, first I'll mention, Sally, that that there are three entities that generally fall under the self-insured group. Uh, Far and away, the biggest for us will be corporate self-insured health plans. Then we have union self-insured health plans and trade association self-insured health plans, and we'll be serving all of those entities. And as to group sizes, we generally find, again, it's a generalization, but if a company's got 1,000, 1,200 employees or, or lives that are part of the claim of the the plan entity, they are generally self-insured. So that's kind of a guideline. Now, are there uh, companies that have 500 lives that are self-insured? The answer is yes. Occasionally we see those and we are happy to help the smaller ones as well as the bigger ones. We just want to be able to be a resource to our self-insured clients to help them get back on the straight and narrow in dealing with these TPAs and the providers that some of whom are taking advantage of them. So that's somewhat on the smaller size plan, but there are also a lot of larger plans that we'll deal with uh, in the course of a year. And there are many big companies that have 10,000, 100,000, even over a half a million employees. And we will ultimately be dealing with all of those different categories. Lee, you asked this to Ed earlier, so I think continuing that, what have we not asked that employer groups should know about? Again, we want to be able to create an awareness of what's going on. And I'm just delighted to report we have the capability to do that. When we incorporated BCI back in uh, 2019, we were fortunate to come up with a tremendously talented chief technical officer. And he and his team of uh, competent men and women went to work to create our software. It took two years to get it done. But it's a finished product, the viability is proven and patent pending, and we are now utilizing that software to, to be able to bring that into the mix to help a client truly understand what their situation is. Now, some people ask the question, Sally, well, what about that summary statement? How in the world do you get our data? You haven't even requested our data yet. Uh, how do you do that? 
And uh, there's also a big trend in the marketplace today. There are some call them data houses or uh, vendor resources that have large elements of data. We have one such resource that has over 310 million records in terms of lives in, in the United States. There are also aggregators and the others in the uh, claims data business, if you will. And the good news is that there's a capability out there now for us to be able to acquire client-specific claims data without the client even going to their TPA. That makes our process, frankly, a lot easier than anything any of our competitors are doing. So uh, we're very proud of that capability, and that's part of the mix that we think makes BCI an excellent choice for people to tackle this problem. You, you identify waste, fraud, and abuse. Is, is that the end of it? Are you able to help with the recovery process? What is, what is kind of the, the bow on that package? Yeah, well, recovery is what it's all about for the clients. So, yes, we have a, a legal team that uh, our attorneys, we have in-house and uh, retained talent, and we work closely with the legal department or the legal resources of the client. And in working with them, we are able to, to be of a great deal of assistance in going after the recovery of these funds. So uh, I can't talk in too much detail about the uh, how we go about doing that, but we've got a system that works well with the other attorneys in the loop, and our overarching goal is let's serve the client. Let's fix this wrongdoing that has uh, uh, enabled some people to take advantage of them over a period of many years in a lot of cases. I am curious, once getting the data is, you know, always an issue and a hurdle so that now that you have the data, if I'm an employer or a broker interested in your tier one or tier two reports, how quickly is the turnaround process for that? What is our, our runway as far as getting a report and looking at recovery times? That's a great question, Lee. The time frame uh, is going to vary, but uh, generally speaking, we can provide that summary statement in a period of uh, two, two and a half weeks for a client. So uh, that gives us time. We get them to execute the NDA, and uh, we communicate with them. We have that information to them pretty promptly. And then if they uh, choose to go from that Tier 1 complementary aspect of our offering into Tier 2, that involves a deeper dive, and it's going to take more than a couple of weeks, but not that much more. We'd like to think in three to four weeks, we can generally uh, be in a position to generate their deep dive tier two report, which is usually 24 to 27 pages of data in length, pinpointing uh, fraud, waste, and abuse by specific claims. And it's identified with specificity so that they'll know exactly where to go in the research process and, and the recovery. And you're looking at back data. Are you a client that can come in as a partner and continue to oversee claims as they're being processed? That's correct. That's what I alluded to earlier in the Tier 3 product that we offer, and that's where we monitor the health care plan going forward. And then depending on the agreement we have with that client, we can give them either monthly or quarterly an updated report that will help them stay abreast of their situation and we we think that's going to help enormously in avoiding fraud, waste, and abuse problems in the future. We do have a question that we ask all of our guests when we wrap up the podcast, and that is to share your favorite industry book or book you would like to share with our audience. Well, I, I, it's not a book on waste, fraud, and abuse, but one of my favorite business manuals, and 
I actually really like to hear Don's answer to this question because Don's written quite a few books you know, in this field of business. But one of my favorites is called The Finer Points of Leadership by Michael Finer, F-E-I-N-E-R. Um, I recently recommended that book to a friend of mine that was going to a new work situation. I like that book a lot because it talks about leadership and, and the interpersonal qualities that it takes to really show and ask for and demonstrate commitment to other f- people within an organization, right? Because we all work in organizations, whether it's small organizations, big organizations, we work with customers, we work with suppliers, we work with managers, we work with subordinates, and trying to, to show people that, that you mean what you say and you say what you mean. And I actually, in, in my MBA program, have the benefit of actually having Professor Feiner as an instructor, so I'm a little bit biased in recommending that book, but that was our textbook. It was one of the finest ones that, that I've ever had. Perfect. Don, do you want to go ahead and answer that question too while it's top of mind, or would you want to wait till we come back to you? No, I'm happy to answer as well, but I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a different tack if you'll allow me to, Lee. I think there's a real void in the marketplace in the way of recently published books about fraud, waste, and abuse and the current dynamic in the healthcare business. And because of that void, I'm a big article reader. For example, uh, we're subscribers to CFO Magazine, and they list in there, uh, in every issue, there are multiple articles. I just read one this morning talking about the fact that the global healthcare expense increase is going to be approximately 8.1%. That is extraordinarily valuable information, and it's extremely timely. So that's an example of the kind of information we're able to glean from articles not only from CFO, but from other sources. So if you'll allow me to get away with editing your question a little bit, that would be my answer. Sounds like a plan. Guys, thank you so much for your time today. Um, you've provided, well, as we say, you've, you've shined a light on an area that is certainly emerging and doesn't appear to be going away anytime soon as it relates to both waste, fraud, and abuse, and ERISA, and the importance of staying on top of both of those things from the health plan perspective, either as a broker trying to add value to your clients or as the employer itself trying to protect your bottom line. So for those that are listening that want to take that next step and take you up on the offer for um, for taking the complimentary dive and then the deeper dive, how can our audience get in touch with you all? Well, our web address is www.benefitsclaimsintelligence.com. Dot com. Uh, my personal email is don at benefitsclaimsintelligence.com. And uh, we hope that people will visit our website. We have a short video on there that tells a little bit more about BCI. It's only two and a half minutes, but it, it tells the story pretty well. And there's more information there. So uh, we would encourage people to get in touch with us. And uh, we're happy to be of service. And then there's my colleague, Ed Kotler. He is edward at benefitsclaimsintelligence.com. And we're both happy to hear from anybody, and we can put them in touch with other colleagues in our firm uh, when appropriate. And we just want to be a valuable resource to the clients. Perfect. Well, thank you both very much for, um, for coming on the show, talking about these really growing, important topics in our industry And we look forward to seeing and watching you all, watching your journey grow. We're grateful to have you as partners on the Granite List. So uh, with that, we'll wrap up today's show. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Our pleasure. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Granite List Live. Access our entire library by visiting your favorite podcast venue or subscribe on our site, thegranitelist.live. <music>